ever since 2001 Those days they might be done Cause now they always asking if we're tanking Every day we're falling in the rankings Even when HP is banking Late in games can't get a break But they say we're tanking They say we're tanking Contankulations and welcome to the Locked On Mavericks podcast. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban, and the only person disappointed by the outcome of last night's game. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Should we call you post-Nick, or is it like Nick Malone? We're post- I think I like Nick Malone more. The Mavericks are not in the playoffs, but they are in the postseason right now. <laughs> Contankulations. Guys, how good was that intro in that song by Nick? <laughs> That's like his thing, man. He He's so good at that stuff. The uh, the vocals are a little rough. But, but we, I but thought you, it was pretty good. Just like Post Malone. But you got, I did not have as sophisticated of auto-tune capabilities as Post Malone does. You look just like him. Down to the face tattoos. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to get into the, uh, the Tankathon 2000 and uh, Tankathon 2018 with the uh, with the Mavericks and the Suns. It is uh, man, it is just one of the craziest. That was one of the craziest games that I think I've been to. Just the guys are on the floor, but we'll get into that, and then we'll talk about the implications for everything uh as far as you know the draft lottery goes for tonight's games wednesday night and then uh we'll talk we'll explain we'll try to do our best to explain just how the lottery system works as far as what this means for the mavericks what picks they could possibly have all that stuff because it's very complicated we're going to try our best um but we'll explain that at the end so all right let's get into it isaac harris thoughts just initial thoughts, reactions on what will be known in Mavericks lore and Mavericks history as the Alec Peters game. <laughs> By the way, you like making or, a campfire over there? You're making so much noise over there. Like, I am. I, I have my. <laughs> I'm burning like, all the box scores yeah, that I've <laughs> saved throughout the year and starting a campfire. In like a barrel. <laughs> is, it, is it legal to burn things outside in Kentucky? Like, have a burn barrel? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> burn so many things outside in Kentucky. Not just that you can burn things outside, but like burn trash. Like in Pennsylvania, you're allowed to like have a burn barrel, and you just don't have as much. Oh yeah, trash I mean we have like stuff. we have like a burn pile. It's like just dump your crap and burn it. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, what will the Alec Peters game forever? This oh will be gosh, this man. will be known as the Alec Peters game. So he starts the game for the Phoenix Suns. Nobody knows who he is. I, I feel like I follow the NBA at like a in like a ninety nine percent level. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm in the ninety nine percentile of of uh, NBA like followers and watchers. I've never heard of this guy. Like never heard of him. We literally had a conversation pregame. So let's just walk you through the night, okay? Because the night was an epic. By night. the way, we- Alec didn't even start. I, that's that's how much <laughs> this. That's how crazy this game was. He the guy didn't even start. So. You know, we're in the press box. It's our, It's a weird feel to the game because you know, Dirk had had his press conference before the game, uh, his exit interview before the game, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, 
but you know it's just a weird feel because it, this thing, things started uh, trickling out of who's gonna set out who you know who who's like questionable but they're really not gonna play then they take the court and there's literally eight guys that are dressed um warming up for each team on each and side normally this each, normally you got like 12 guys on each side so like it's super weird the it's the so court looked like empty it was like just strange especially when you had like a couple guys like stretching at mid court and you only have like four guys like shooting around and you're like what the crap like it's so weird when we literally had the conversation of nick leans over and says who's that white guy <laughs> on phoenix in, on in the phoenix side and and I'm like, oh, maybe it's like Bender. And I'm like, like, no, oh, Bender's Alex the other white guy. Court. <laughs> and like Lynn's at half court. And we're like, oh, man, we don't know who the guy is. So like we had to like look him up. Little did we know he would go down in the history books. So Alec Peters, this guy, uh, he, <laughs> this guy out of uh, Valparaiso. Do you even know where Valparaiso is? Yeah, it's in Virginia. Okay, so I didn't know that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where it's at. Oh, really? Okay, good. <laughs> no, I have no clue. <laughs> he's a uh, he's listed as six nine. The guy's not six nine, is he? I don't think he's six nine. I don't know. I just know he can shoot. That's all I know. He's probably like seven foot four. I mean, he's he's just like I and mean, he's a, he's a Greek god. <laughs> but uh, he didn't start the game. He had thirty six points, nine boards. He went. Uh, what did he go from three? Eight of thirteen from three. He was like eight of nine at one point. He just clanked like his last four or five or something. I, Isaac, how many minutes do you think he played? Tonight? Yeah. 28. Okay, you're looking at it. That's not fair. <laughs> it seemed like he was out there for the whole time. He scored 36 points in 28 minutes. So we'll just throw random stats at you from the box score that we really like. I also – I saw something on Twitter after the game, and Jared Dudley had tweeted something after the game. And somebody had tweeted at him and said, hey, I'd heard you talk about this before, about like bench role players that are like shooters and how when they get in games like this to where they know they won't be like taken out, they have this like confidence. If they know that they're going to get to shoot a lot, then a lot of times you see guys like this shoot better compared to somebody like Peters that if he ever did get in the game before, if he missed a three or something, he knew he's coming out really quick. In this type of game, he knew he could just launch it the whole time, and there's a confidence in that. There's a uh, It just gives you that adrenaline confidence knowing that, hey, I'm going to shoot this, and I'm going to be super comfortable shooting the ball, and if I make it, cool. If I miss it, cool. I'm still going to be in the game. So you just saw the confidence in him the whole night, and I really didn't start tracking his like box score until – I looked it up and I saw he like he had like six threes and I remember leaning over to you. I'm like, dude, do you know like Peters has like six threes? He has like twenty something points. And like, I was like, who? <laughs> because okay, so to give another sense of the the game, the um, what do you, what's Mike Peasley? Is he the? He's the, uh, the pre and post game host for ESPN 105. Yeah, so three point three. They have their own like box in the press box, and he had even tweeted out, and he was like, "This is what his like co- his like coworker beside him is. He's like watching TV of this like shopping thing game show while the game's going on. We're like laughing about it. There's a guy in front of us in the press box, a member of the media, playing Pokemon Go on his phone on <laughs> the row in front of us, and I'm like, that gives you a sense of the game. Um, but no, it was a uh, what is it? That's the lead tracker. 
Oh my gosh. This was the wild thing. Like when I talked to my, you know, I always said I talked to my dad on the way home from all the games. And of course he was like, Oh, what happened tonight? You know, like, cause I told him what, and I told him, I was like, well, the Mavs were up by 10 at halftime. He's like, Oh man, they won. I was like, Nope. Lost by 30. <laughs> He's like, What kind of second half was that? And I was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, the Suns, Suns put up 80 points in the second half. 80 points. A Suns team without Booker, Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, Alfred, uh, Payton. Alfred Payton. Anybody else that is remotely good for the TJ Suns? Warren. Did Tyson Chandler? TJ Warren? <laughs> um, none of those guys play, and they put up 80 points and a half on the Mavericks, which is insane. Gosh. It was it was one of the more wild games. I, I want to say this before we move on to, to anything else about this game. For all that everyone has said about tanking, for all the hall monitors out there that are like, oh, we needed to do something about this. Look what Memphis is doing. Look what Phoenix is doing. At least it's not like what the Rangers are doing right now, whereas they're just not good, and there's going to be no interest. Like the Texas Rangers, there's just going to be no interest from the DFW area in Rangers games unless you're there. Like No one's going to watch games. They're not going to be interested because they're 4-9 and nine right now. And uh, after after uh, Tuesday night's game, they just there's you see some some hope in some of these young guys. They just don't have a starting rotation at all. Like they don't have any starting pitchers, and so there's just there's like no hope. <laughs> you know, you're looking. Are we you're talking like, about baseball. You're like, how are they going to get better? Well, I'm comparing them. Wait till the uh. analogy's over, Isaac. <laughs> just com- so you're going to go through this whole season, 162 games, and you're already hearing it in the announcers' voices that they are like. Oh man, this is gonna suck. <laughs> like this is gonna suck the whole year. <laughs> at least in the NBA, we can start. We can be excited and look at the prospect of helping our team, helping the team get better, faster. And it's actually gonna have. There's actually gonna be implications for every single loss, every single loss that the the Hawks have, every single loss that the that Memphis has. There's a there's a reason. There's an interest, and it's at least fun at the bottom in the NBA if you're tanking, if you embrace it, if you go with it, if you actually just take it on and like, all right, this is what we're doing, and the Mavericks embraced it, obviously, <laughs> from the, the lineup that they played. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They they went full in. <laughs> they went yeah, all it, into it. And at least there's interest. At least it's not like it's because the sport becomes completely irrelevant. Now, maybe it has, and it's just me you know, following the Mavs as close as I do, but – at least it becomes fun for the fans that are still engaged. Yeah, and it it's just a different dynamic. It's a it's a dynamic, the tanking dynamic. It is you know when <laughs> when you have the blog boys and blog boys which we <laughs> haven't talked about. Boys. I've waited to talk about the blog boys with you until you listen to that. Oh man, I got some fiery takes about that. Um but anyway, when you got the blog boys like that have no affiliation with the team really there's just like it's just all about like hey what's the best chance of getting better they don't they're not paying a lot for tickets or season tickets or whatever it is you know there it's easier to have that mindset and especially when you're just at home at a computer and disconnected exactly and just like just like yesterday i tweeted out two days ago i tweeted out who um, it was like a joke. Actually, it was like four or five days ago. It was a joke of who the, who the Mavericks would start against the Suns team, and I put like you know Sebastian Barea, like you know just Tony Romo, 
And somebody replied to it and said, hey, how about they actually suit up their guys from a season ticket holder? I'd like to see, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, touche. Like, I get that. Like, I totally get that. I, it's what we talked about the other day as far as, like, Suns fans, you know, and their fan appreciation night. And they didn't play anybody. Yeah. Tonight was, you know, fantastic. Fantastic uh, finale. finale. It's more and like tank, honored- tank-tastic finale. Yeah, they honored MFFLs and all this stuff, and you know nobody really played, and it's a it's a line. And I want to say, if you have season tickets and you've had them for more than uh, a year or two years, reach out to me on Twitter and DM me. I want to talk to you. I want to see how season ticket holders feel about tanking. Are you? Do you pay it every year and you got the money for it and you're just like, hey, I'm a true MFFL. And I understand that that's the best way to do it. Or are you genuinely upset? Because like I talked to some people in like the Mavs, obviously, and ticketing and just different stuff like that. And there's a correlation to stuff, and it impacts different stuff like that. But I want to hear from like season ticket holders. I want to hear from the ones that no matter how you feel, if you are, if you do have season tickets and you're all for tanking, holler at me. If you're not, holler at me too. I want to hear both sides of it. Yeah, go ahead and uh, you can tweet him or DM DM Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. You can DM me as well at Nick Van Exit. You can DM us at uh, at Locked On Mavs as well. You can just you can just straight up reply or just tweet us because uh, I want to hear I want to hear those too. That's very interesting to me to hear from season ticket holders. And we know that we have a bunch of season ticket holders that actually listen to the podcast. So because because like here, here's my thing growing up. I don't I don't want us to go down this whole like we can, but the tanking thing. I come out from the mindset of like how I grew up and like I grew up in central Kentucky. The closest basketball team for me was Indianapolis. We weren't, we weren't super rich. We wouldn't, uh, you know, we, we could only go to like one, maybe two NBA games a year. And we would tr- plan this out. We would save up money. My dad and I would save up money to go to the game. It was a huge thing. We had to drive six hours away to go to the game. A lot of times we'd have to book a hotel, all this stuff went into it. We got there super early. As soon as the doors opened, I tried to meet players, get autographs. Like that, that was my growing up. One to two games a year. We would try to, and we would try to judge it too of like what teams were coming in. Like I saw Yao Ming and the Rockets. I wanted to see how big Yao was. Saw, you know, Pippen when he played for like the Blazers. Just different stuff like that. My point is for us, we only had the money to go you know, once or twice a year, if we plan that trip and we go to a game like that and then, you know, X team is setting their star players, like what if that game tonight against the Suns is our one game and are we, we drove six hours for a game like this and this was the game we had planned. We couldn't, you know, we had a plan for a month or something to go to. Those are the type of people I feel for because that's how I grew up going to NBA games and, not having that money all the time to go to games and stuff like we do now and just just down the street or whatever it is. So that those are the effects of tanking that blog boys <laughs> or whatever it is that hmm. you don't throw you don't put in the equation because you only see the game and a franchise through a certain lens and through a certain set of glasses. And that's why whenever it it does come full circle and you hear me act like a grandpa or old man about tanking. I I think of things like that, and I think of just different stuff like that, and how much it meant to me as a kid, and my dad and I and stuff like that. And I'd be pissed if that happened. A game like tonight happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a hundred percent behind that, and it, those are people that I don't think about enough. Uh, the other thing that 
along those lines. I saw somebody tweet this the other day is that like, oh, why did, why should they even play the game? This game doesn't matter at all. Now, it matters to like I mean, Kyle Collinsworth went out there and tried his hardest. You know, like he went out yeah. there and like actually he's trying and playing for something. He has a non guaranteed contract. It matters for, you know, fans. There's a bunch of kids there last night that they had fun. They didn't care who the heck was on the floor. I mean, I'm and probably yeah. 50% of the people in the AAC didn't care who was on the floor. They were just they were just all for, okay, we're going we're you know, we're going we're going to the game. We're going to have fun. We're going to get some food. We're going to get some, you know, watch the uh the in-game entertainment. We're just going to go and have a good time. And I think they did. And and you know, I don't, don't think they care at all. There is people like you mentioned that do care. Uh but the reason why you play the games and the reason why, you know, they're fun is that the the NBA is fun, basketball can be fun. And uh and like I know that the end of the game was not competitive at all, but at least you had a competitive game through I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. three quarters, right? Like you at least had two like evenly matched teams because they're both essentially G League teams. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it's so weird right now with like tickets and stuff too. Like I had lunch with uh, a good friend today or yesterday, and we were talking to the map stuff, and he said, "Man, I when, you know I saw your tweet about getting free tickets through the Five Miles app." He said, I did that a while back and I got tickets to a game on Friday night. He said, and then you know what? I was at home and I was like, I don't even think I want to go, like, go to, I don't even care about going to see it because I know they're going to set people out. It's going to be a blowout. It's going to be trash. And, and he didn't end up not going. (laughs) And I'm like, that, you know, that's wild to me that that's another effect of like Tangan. It's just like, you know, fans just kind of just. That's like his job too, to like. (laughs) It's just like throw it in. I'm like, "Hmm, okay. Like, I mean, I get that, but but yeah, let <laughs> you want to throw around some funny stuff, funny stats from tonight. Oh man, lots of funny stuff. Um, my first one is Shaq Harrison. Shaquille Harrison played thirty six minutes. He had ten assists, and he was a plus thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know things went well when you play thirty six minutes, and you're a plus thirty eight and plus minus. Um, Shaq Harrison, game of your career, probably. Wow. My <laughs> thing, I, I just tweeted this out, is the lead tracker. You, I mean, the lead tracker is something that they keep on ESPN and uh, with like a line graph, but then on uh, NBA.com, they actually keep it with like a bar graph and they follow it like where the lead is at what minute. And, uh, and so it's like pretty even the first through the first quarter, then the Mavs sort of in the, the end of, you know, at, at halftime, they sort of take over. There's a little bit of a bump for the Mavericks. It's like a, this blue area that the Mavericks sort of take over. And then all of a sudden, just from the end of the third quarter all the way through the fourth, it's just this mountain of orange that's just like <laughs> the Suns just taking their lead and just holding it and holding it and extending it and extending it. And their biggest lead was 30 at one point. I mean, just looking at that, I tweeted it at Nick Van Exit, so go check out that. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just wild to look at. Uh, to, to see where how that uh, that fourth quarter ended, somebody uh, guy that writes for the AP said uh, it was the 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 biggest or the best quarter in uh, in Mavericks history or Mavericks <laughs> Mavericks season that it was you know that they lost thirty nine to uh, to twenty two in that quarter that they kept the tank alive and blah blah blah. And by the way, I want to I want to point this out too. I have been on like, you know, I guess I've been on team tank where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's probably it's better for the team. I'm with Cuban. I think that losing is their best option that they should be losing. Tonight's game if they had won wouldn't have mattered that much. I mean, it's the difference between maybe getting 6 and 5. <laughs> right? Like or the difference between getting 5 and 4. <laughs> 
or six and four, which to me in this draft is not that different. If the Mavericks end up with Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr., uh, Bamba, like any of those four guys in that range, I'm gonna be totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I think it it just comes down to um, what you know if it if it comes out if they come out at three, and I think you just can't judge this game until. You just gotta wait to see what comes. If this, if we end up with the sixth pick, then this game doesn't matter. If it comes up to like the third pick, where we have the third best odds, and it gets you in the top two, that you're looking at this game, you're like, holy crap! Like that held a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like last year though. Last year, that last game against Memphis, the Mavericks fell from what did they fall from five to, or uh, six to nine. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Uh, that was huge. Like that was a really big game, and the, that that draft. We were, you know, what I'm really excited about, Isaac. I'm really excited about this whole summer. We don't have to say okay. And as long as a team in front of us takes a takes a wing or takes a guard, you know, like as yep. long as one, of the, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like any player that falls to the Mavs, wherever they land, where it's six, even seven, like six, seven, five, four, three, two, one. I mean, any of those yeah. picks, I will be totally fine with whoever they take there. I think. Unless they take a reach, which yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's that group. I mean, that's the it. You're pretty much what you're coming down to is, are you going to get your pick of that group, or are you going to get who's left? And that's really what I mean. That's really what the lottery, um, what it's going to come down to. And because you got the top two in Luca and and Aiton, and then you get that group of three through. You know, Nick just said three, three through seven, three through six, and so yeah. I mean, if you land in the top two, that's crazy. You get Luca or Aiton, but then really, it's after that. I mean, you land at three, you get your first pick, and you, and I think that's gonna that that would be super intriguing, especially for Dallas because any of those guys fit, and that's what we've we've talked about a lot on the pod is. It's not like, and they could, you know, very well could. We could see it Orlando reach for somebody like Trey Young or Colin Sexton or something like that. But none of those guys in that group that we uh, kind of put in that three through seven group, none of those guys are redundant to what the Mavericks have. None of them are point guards to where we're like, oh, they, <clears throat> how would they fit with Dennis? Uh, whatever it is. So any of the guys fit. Uh, I think it would be super intriguing if Dallas landed at three or four to see, um, you know, obviously who they would pick and who yeah. they would uh, out of that group and who they value more in that group. But it's it really just boils down to that, what I just said a while ago. Are you going to get your pick of the group or are you going to get who's left of that group? The yeah. only way I get I would get scared is if we're at six or seven and that, that would be the only scenario in which I would be like, oh, I would be scared that we would reach for somebody like a Wendell Carter over somebody like a porter or you know somebody that like impresses in an interview or a workout yeah like in personally i mean i did like if we picked like wendell carter over mikhail bridges something like that and that would scare me some but you land i don't see them taking carter over a bomba a jackson you know bagley porter any of those guys so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Do you want to walk them through what's gonna happen on Friday? Yeah, so on Friday, uh, April thirteenth or fourteenth? Yeah, thirteenth. They are uh, doing the, what they do is the the drawing for tiebreakers as far as 
seeding in the lottery and in the draft for teams that actually made the playoffs. So how this works, this is very complicated, so I'm going to do my best. I've been confused about it. I've been reading up about it, trying to figure it out. And I might even explain this to you, and it could be wrong. So <laughs> so, uh, so what the lottery what the lottery really is it de- it determines the top 3 picks. And so all these different odds and things that you see the, they only show like what is your odds at a top 3 pick or a top 1 pick. And that's because those are the only odds you really have. There are certain teams through certain uh like certain areas of the of the the draft lottery that cannot get to a certain pick. So like let's say the Mavericks uh end up let's see where could they end up? They could end up at five. Let's say the Mavericks could end up with a five. That's that's pretty likely that they'll end up with the five, uh, fifth best odds in the lottery. They cannot get the fourth pick. It's impossible. It, there's no scenario where the Mavericks can just jump up one. They would have to jump up into the top three, so they'd have to go one, two, or three, or they would go five, six, seven, or eight. Now, eight, there's like a .4% chance for them to fall yeah. all the way to eight. Like three, t- three whole teams would have to jump above the Mavericks. So, for, so from below them, so from uh, pick seven to 14, jump into the top three. Like that's why there's such long odds for these teams to actually to get there. So that's why Isaac and I are like, man, if the Mavericks are at five, they are going to have a top seven pick probably no matter what. Like it would be crazy if <laughs> – if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's just important to remember. They only draw the top three picks. Yeah. That's the only thing drawn out of the lottery. After that is drawn, everything goes based off record and the best odds in the lottery. So that's when this thing that happens on Friday to determine who is, you know, three, four, five, pretty much, assuming yeah. Orlando loses yeah. to Washington. And, you know, that will determine three, four, five to when that's what comes into play of, you know, whoever's in that top three, any people can go backwards, but they can't go forwards. So it's like what Nick said, I go like, if we're at five, we can't go forwards to four, but we can go backwards to, you know, five, six, seven. So the Suns have the number one best overall odds yeah. for pick one. The farthest they can fall back is pick four. Right. They're, they can't. They will pick in the top four, no matter what happens. <laughs> Most likely, top three. Uh, that'd be crazy if they don't get in the top three. But I mean, you know. number one, the most odds they have. A, they have. A, they have thirty five point seven chance at a number four pick. That's. I mean, that's that's pretty good yeah, odds. That's, yeah, that's that's decent odds for sure. So I mean, <clears throat> they're looking at a top four pick either way. Yeah, uh, just yeah. like just you know, just like Memphis, they're at two. I mean, they obviously could move up to one, but they're not going to move past five. Yep, and that's just you know part of that. So that's where that three comes into play because if Dallas does land at the three, they're not going to move past six hypothetically. Um, yes, but yeah. So this game tonight on Wednesday night is going to be really really big uh, for Orlando. Orlando is going to do the exact same thing that, that the, the Suns and the Mavericks did tonight. They're going to play nobody. They're going to just throw out garbage lineups. Uh, but if they win, d- there is a scenario where they win. Uh, they have guys that are like, I want to play, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if they win, then it's only the Mavericks and the Hawks tied. And the worst that the Mavericks could do is four. Yeah. I mean, that, fourth in the lottery. And you pretty much have, you pretty much have like three really big, important dates for the next three months. 
You're looking at this Friday, the 13th, to determine the draft odds. Which, which, you, if you're suspicious, sorry, <laughs> sorry about it, but so are all the other teams. So. <laughs> then, uh, then you have May 15th, the draft lottery. That's obviously a massive night. That's yeah, huge. And then you got the draft in in, in late June, which is so, the whole reason why we're talking about all this. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, three big dates over the next three months that will determine a lot. Uh, I think Nick and I might do something fun for the draft lottery. Um, we'll see, but um, we're not gonna frost our uh, our hair. I'm not, yeah, well, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna do that, but I we want to hear it. I, I want this to become a thing on yeah. Twitter. We want to hear your biggest mojo luck. We want submissions in to what we could possibly do to bring the best luck. Nick talked about his snow dance he used to have back home in Ohio. Uh, similar type things, whether, I don't know what it is, whether you're wearing your socks inside out to a guy said frosting or tips like Nash back in the day. I don't know if I'd go that far. It, I think um, growing like a Dirk beard, I feel like would be one. I have a terrible beard though. Yeah, I'm a little patchy, but my wife would kill me though. Um, yeah, let, send us submissions and let's, let's have fun with it. And I mean, we got about a month to play with before the lottery, so uh, let's roll with it. What if what if everybody that has Mavs gear or like I don't know. I was thinking about like something where we wear like Mavs shirts like underneath our clothes like at all times. Like you have to wear a Mavs shirt every single day from like now to the lottery. Ooh. That's tempting. You can wash it, but crap, man. Wear my Josh Howard shirt under like a Oxford. Yeah, just all the time. Josh Howard uh, game worn jersey underneath the suit or something. <laughs> yeah. So something like oh, that. Man. So some idea, uh, something, something fun. Maybe we, maybe we, if we get enough of them, maybe we could put them in a bracket, and maybe we could vote <laughs> on them yeah. on Twitter. Or we'll something. definitely do a poll if we get if we get four good ones. We'll put them in a poll on Twitter on uh, at Locked On Maps. Yes. So uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try to have some fun with this for sure. All right, Isaac. There we go. Nick, so Nick, we did it. We did it. I think we explained it pretty well. Actually, I was I was impressed with us. We also, yes, we did. We made it through the entire season. We went to the last game. How many games do you think you missed this year? Like actually going to, I mean, five or six, seven. I know between for me, between Christmas break and then the last couple, I had like car issues. I probably missed like six. Yeah. Six out of 41. That's not bad. No. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy ride. It's been, and we've did over 200 podcasts next month in May will be a full year that we've been doing this daily. Yeah. It's been fun. I was just talking to people inside the Mavs organization about our podcast a few days ago and they were talking about it, like, man, y'all's podcasts have like really like blew up this year. And, um, it's been fun. It, it has. I mean, when, when we took it over, I was like, man, this will be fun, but this is, it's exceeded my expectations. And, uh, yeah, same. I, yeah, we've had a lot of fun with it. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. And really, we're just kind of getting started. Like, this has been kind of the buildup to this draft, and we're going to bring every draft coverage thing you can possibly imagine. Yeah, we know how to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> we we know how to do this Even now. Even though I still don't know how to edit, apparently, sometimes. But <laughs> if, you just, uh, if you just came along for the ride, man, we're excited that you're here. We've yeah. had some crazy guests on over the past year. 
um, from people like Jeff Skin Wade to yeah. different people in a Mavs organization. If you're, if you're just joining for the first time, last summer we did a, a series, the 2011 Finals Flashback. We did sort of an oral history of the 2011 Finals. Isaac and I went back and we watched all the games over again. We did the podcast as if we were ending right after those games. And so... We did like 30 minutes of the podcast talking about the game, and then we had a guest. So like Isaac said, we had Jeff Skin Wade. We had Chuck Cooperstein. We had Mark Followell. We had Deshaun Stevenson on the podcast. Like We had we had a lot of really good guests. Uh, it was a really, really good week. So go back. That was like August, I think, of last year. So you can just go so, back in the well, stream and find it. Uh, I'll, I'll probably tweet that out. I'll probably do a post of that on, on Mavs Moneyball and, and tweet you that You should. Out. Yeah, you should bring it out. And yeah, that that just like set the stage. And throughout the year, we had Harrison Barnes on the podcast. Yeah. we had Jonathan Charks. Um, Jonathan Charks. We'll um, have him on probably again a little bit more as the draft gets closer. Yeah, it gets closer to the draft. So we've had fun, man. We've we've did a lot of fun things, a lot of inside jokes. It's crazy when some of y'all tweet at us. That's so some fun. Of these, yeah. <laughs> well, some of them about raccoons when we. <laughs> I tell this raccoon story back when we first started, and some of our day one OGs are still hashtag like, day ones. <laughs> oh man, it's been fun. It really has, and uh, we really have uh, have enjoyed it and i can't thank y'all enough it's been good yeah uh i've been i've been just impressed with the uh the kindness <laughs> i was expecting a lot more people yeah. to be upset when we took over i was expecting people to be like where's where's mike and, and jake <laughs> like <laughs> where are these guys but uh the people that have, have come to us on twitter and on and in real life too we've met some real life listeners that's been cool that's been wild we've taken pictures with people at games people have reached out to us and dm'd us and was like hey what you know more people we than we could get game? to like there are people that reached out that yeah. we just couldn't get to because we were busy or we were focused or you know didn't yeah, have time. Man, it it's been it's been a blast. Maybe, uh, maybe just maybe this coming uh, year or summer we can do like a live one somewhere. Invite that's my dream. Somewhere. Let me. I'll just pull back the curtain a little bit, guys. This is when I took over Locked On Mavs. This was my dream, and even before when I did Mavs Fanatic, uh, my dream was to do a uh, MFFL live, which is like a live podcast. You bring together like. Whoever was hosting, so so at that point it would have been like you, me, and Taman, and whoever else was on the pod with me, probably my friend Josh Dak, and like just do a live pod with people in the audience, and uh, it would be fun. I would it'd be really awesome. Do it somewhere where like a bar or like a restaurant or something that would be cool. Maverick, <laughs> I bet Fish would let us do it. Just- uh, Fish is trying to figure out what he's doing with Des Bryant right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way. On uh, one of my three, the fan the other day, uh, they said that they were talking about. They do this thing called percentages. It's like, okay, what do you think? What percentage of people do you think have this? Like, and they just name something crazy. This is on the uh, KNC masterpiece, and uh, they said, what percentage of people do you think have an embarrassing photo or embarrassing picture on the wall? Whereas you'd bring somebody in your house and you'd be embarrassed. Maybe it's not of you, but it's just like an embarrassing photo. And they said that Fish, Mike Fisher, has a painting of himself holding an Emmy, and he has that same photo, <laughs> the same picture, in a different room that's smaller, holding an Emmy, <laughs> which is just really funny. I, just that I have no great. comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard about that. It's just great. He, fish loves him some fish. Yeah, he does with tartar sauce. <laughs> Appreciate you, Fish. Appreciate your coverage. All right, guys, we appreciate it.
We're just getting started. You'll probably talk to us tomorrow. Yeah, so. not not tonight though. <laughs> tonight it's late. We're done now. We're done tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, real note: um, you're listening to this on Wednesday. There's exit interviews today. Oh yeah. So the next podcast, we'll talk all about exit interviews. We'll talk more about Dirk's exit interview. We might dedicate a whole pod to that, maybe. Um, yeah. Coming up, just like everything he said in that, his plans for next year. Uh, everybody will talk to the media today uh, before they get the heck out of Dodge. And uh, yeah, there'll be some there'll be some good little comments come from that. Uh, Carlisle addressed the media too, so we'll talk all about that on tomorrow's oh, pod. We didn't we didn't say what Carlisle said about uh, about Alec Peters tonight. He said that we had a hard time guarding Larry Bird dressed as Alec Peters tonight. <laughs> Such a great quote. Uh, well, and Aaron also- Harrison played 48 minutes, and he was like, "Well, can't say he didn't get a shot." <laughs> <laughs> he can never say he didn't get a shot. Oh man, we'll also probably do uh, player like recaps. We'll go through each player on the on the roster and say whether we think they're coming back. We did this last year, I think. Uh, we go through each player and we're like, "All right, do we think they're coming back? We, you know, how did their season look? What did we see from them? What growth do we see? Stuff like that." So we'll do things like that, and then we'll do, of course, we'll do our draft previews of each player. We'll go through. I don't know why it feels like we have to like introduce what we're doing in the summer, but this is like starting a new like the this is the off season. Like guys, you are in the off season right now for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean it's straight off season. I mean we're right into draft mode now. Um, yeah, I have transitioned now of like went from going for wins to okay let's let's move straight on into these odds and all that stuff. So um, yeah, it's just getting started. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavs for an entire season. An entire season until next time. Until tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Peace out. We'll be back. <laughs> Boom. Now they always asking if we're tanking. Every day we're falling in the rankings. Even when HP is banking. Late in games can't get a break, but they say we're tanking. They say we're tanking.